What is up, everybody? This is episode two of the JCN Sports Podcast. We have a lot to cover regarding last week's football scores, um, big moments that happened in high school football last week. Uh, it's We have a lot to talk about in this episode. Um, so with that being said, let's open it up with college football week one. Um, there, was a, there was a lot of great games. There was Penn State-Purdue. Um, Oklahoma State Cowboys versus the Central Michigan Chippewas, West Virginia and Pittsburgh. It's good to see that they reunited their backyard brawl. I mean, I feel like college football has been missing a lot of stuff, especially the past few seasons with COVID, with um, teams we haven't seen rise to the front as we projected, such as Nebraska, the team that comes to mind. Uh, but it's good to see football return back, um, especially the backyard brawl, and it did not disappoint. Uh, Pittsburgh did survive. Um, 38 to 31, but it certainly felt like a home game for West Virginia because from the pictures I saw, the videos I saw, there were so, so many West Virginia fans. I think there was more than there was Pittsburgh fans. Um, Penn State Purdue also played, as I just mentioned. Uh, that was a great game. That was an absolute classic. I believe there was eight lead changes. Um, it was great to see also Gus Johnson back in the booth along with his uh, partner, Joel Klatt. Um, they really do help emphasize and really get out the true emotions of college football especially during the season um and even early on in the season but that was a great game Aiden O'Connell played amazing as we as we projected um Sean Clifford for Penn State um played pretty fairly well uh he had a pick six I believe that was very costly but ended up driving his uh leading his team down to a game-winning drive um they ended up getting out of West Lafayette um with a with a big win. Um, that is a great team for Purdue, which is probably going to end up being a 9-10 win football team. And then we jump to uh, Saturday. There was a lot of great games. The one game that really I remember watching before I had to go to work was NC State playing at East Carolina, which is a little little drive for uh, North Carolina State to go to East Carolina. I think it was only like a two-hour drive um, right around then. But East Carolina gave them a game. I mean, they gave them a game. I feel bad for their kicker, though, for East Carolina because um, they had a chance to tie it up um, when they went down and scored to make it 21-21. Kicker missed the PAT. And then they uh, got the ball back from NC State, went down, drove down the field, and they went to go kick, a, I think it was like a 35-yard field goal, and the kicker missed. Um, it was not a good day for him. Um, NC State, though, Jaden Aiden Leary, um, he played amazing for NC State. Um East Carolina's uh, quarterback, though, I know he's a veteran senior quarterback, did not play so well. Uh, I remember watching early on, he threw a couple, maybe two, three picks. They were very, very costly, and um, they ended up uh, damaging his team, and at the end, you can see that could have been a contribution to the final results. Uh, Michigan and Colorado State. Um, I'm really skeptical of Michigan coming into the season. I really am. Um uh, but it looks like uh, Cade McNamara was struggling early on. He really did. Um, J.J. McCarthy came in towards the end when the game was going to be put away. But J.J. McCarthy this week when they play Hawaii at home will be the starting quarterback. And then I assume week three, Jim Harbaugh is going to decide between McNamara and McCarthy. Um, it should be interesting to see how McCarthy plays. He looked fairly well at the end of the Colorado State game. Um, and believe it or not, Colorado State was in this game, I think, for a little bit. And then Michigan pulled away. Their defense, I think, for Michigan, um, it's not as strong as they were last season, of course, with the loss of Aiden Hutchinson and David Ajabo. But um, 
I think Michigan's going to be fine, but I do not expect them to be a playoff caliber team this season. I'm expecting three losses. Whether whether I think Ohio State's going to get revenge later in the season, but that's for another episode. Um, the UTEP Miners and the Oklahoma Sooners. Good to see Brett Venables back coaching. Uh, well, this is his first head coaching gig uh, since he was the defensive coordinator. I felt like for years at um, uh, Clemson, and he did very had a lot of success there. Of course, winning a couple national championships with Clemson. Uh, but he showed up, and uh, Oklahoma looks good. Uh, I'm going to say they look good. Then again, they played UTEP. UTEP's not a very good team this season. They're probably going to be one of the worst teams in uh, FBS. But um, Oklahoma looks well. I'm really excited to see, though, when they go play Nebraska. I think that game there is going to be absolutely huge. And um, I don't want to make a prediction for that till the week prior, but that's a very, very trap game there for Oklahoma. Then again, it's... Scott Frost, who cannot clutch up a uh, upset win, so I don't know. But, uh, yeah, Oklahoma played very well that weekend. Um, Miami of Florida played uh, Bethune-Cookman Wildcats. They crushed them, 70-13. to um, And Mario Cristobal's debut, who was the prior head coach at Oregon. And he played, um, they, he coached very well. I mean, that was a great game. Then again, they played Bethune-Cookman, was an FCS school. They took care of business at home, got a crowd going. Um, yeah, I think he's going to be a very good success and a very, very big piece of the competition in the ACC uh, for uh, Clemson's maybe championship run in the ACC. I think Miami, just give maybe one or two years, they're going to be a very, very dominant football team in the ACC. Cincinnati Bearcats went to Arkansas. Now, Arkansas, I believe, was favored by a touchdown in this game. Cincinnati, of course, last year everybody remembers their Cinderella story where they went undefeated, went to the bowl, went to the college football playoff, played Bama, and that game was close. For an AAC team on Cincinnati Bearcats, which soon to be a Big 12 team, they played very tough against Bama. Nobody can tell me otherwise. But Arkansas, they um, they were the better team in this game. KJ Jefferson, he is going to be one of the most dynamic and explosive players, not just in their team, but in the entire SEC this year. Um, he's a very good quarterback. He's a very good runner. He's a hard to bring down. He's like an old powered back mixed with like, he's like Lamar Jackson, for example, for uh, the Ravens, except um, put like an extra 100 pounds on him. <laughs> But uh, anyway, Cincinnati played very well in this game. I think they, with the key uh, positions they had to replace this offseason, I think they did fairly well. Um, I think Cincinnati's going to repeat this year again for the AAC championship game. Um, I think it's going to be them in Houston again. Honestly, I do. I think Houston, when I get to that in a little bit, they were an amazing team when they played at UTEP. Or not UTEP, excuse me, UTSA. But I will get to that here in a minute. Um, but that final for Arkansas-Cincinnati was 31-24. Oregon and Georgia. <laughs> this game was an absolute slaughter. I mean, Bo Nix played horrendous. Georgia's offense looks like they haven't lost a single beat. Georgia's defense looks like they may even got stronger. Um, yeah, this game was not even close. It opened up with Georgia leading, and it never stopped. Uh, 49-3, I can't believe when I was watching that at work. It was an absolute surprise to me, but also a look out, Georgia's looking to repeat this year. A lot of people were telling me Georgia wasn't going to be a team to repeat this year, but uh, the way they played yesterday, either Oregon's that bad or Georgia's that good. I can't tell yet till later in the season, 
But as of right now, I think Georgia's the team to beat. Um, they look so, so good everywhere, all around the ball. Um, but it's going to be exciting to see how they play in the future. BYU played at Southern Florida, UCF, USF, in other words. Um, they beat them 50-21. to 21. BYU, um, they are going to be a team this year that really, really could shock some people's like minds. BYU is a very, very good football team. Um, I expect to see a lot from the quarterback play this year. Um, their head coach has been there, and he's waiting for a stellar season. They haven't really had one since the 2020 season of COVID when they had Zach Wilson um, and other names. But BYU has a chance this year to go undefeated. Not a very good chance, but I think they have a chance. And it's going to be interesting to see what they do this season. Um, I believe they have Baylor coming into town this weekend, and this could be a huge win for BYU, a monster win. But the most important game, if you could ask any BYU fan this season, it's going to be against the the Holy War. Them versus Utah this season. I believe BYU has to go to Utah this season. That is going to be a tough, tough, tough game. But um, I think BYU, they're going to have a chance of beating Utah this season. Um, but Utah, speaking of which, this week, they went to the Swamp. They played the Florida Gators in Billy Napier's opening uh, head coaching game. Um, Florida's defense is stellar. I mean stellar. It is going to be absolutely incredible to see how they play when they play uh, Alabama. Utah's offense, still very dominant. I think Utah should have won that game. Um, Whether or not Cameron Rising throws that ball to the center for an interception, that was an absolutely gut-wrenching play. Um, I don't know why... um, uh, the head coach for Utah did not just tell him, just if it's not there, throw it away, because they can get a field goal, go to overtime, and then they can most likely win their chances there. But uh, I just can't get over Florida's quarterback. Um, he played absolutely stellar. Um, it was incredible. It was incredible to see how Aiden Richardson played, I believe is his name. Um, he played so well, and a lot of people have him as a first-round draft pick. And I can see why. He played absolutely amazing. He's a bigger-built quarterback, but he can also run. He reminds me a little bit of like K.J. Jefferson, but a little bit more tangibles to it. So um, it's going to be exciting to see how Florida plays out the rest of the season. Utah, it really does, with their loss, shows how weak the Pac-12 is. Especially week one, they played terrible. Um, all Pac-12 teams. Uh, one team there that I will say that played well was the USC Trojans. Um, they beat Rice 66-14. to uh, and the number one rule I have on this podcast is you. I'm going to make fun of you bad if you lose the food. USC made sure that didn't happen. So um, it is, as everybody knows, the new head coaching gig for the USC Trojans and Lincoln Riley. Um, Caleb Williams played fairly well. Um, the pit for transfer, uh, Jordan Addison, he was the Blinkov winner last year for the best wide receiver in the entire nation. I think USC's offense is going to be pretty scary this year. Um, I'm excited to see when they play Utah later in the season. It's going to be a very, very good game. But uh, for now, I think USC's playing fairly well. Fairly well football, as I projected in the preseason. It should be exciting to see how they do, though, in the future. Wisconsin beats Illinois State 38-0. I think this is the year. Braden Allen, Wisconsin... They're gonna get it done. I think they have a good. They're gonna make. They're gonna win the Big Ten West. I think this year, they are gonna have a shot at beating Ohio State in 
the Big Ten Championship game. I think their defense is stellar this year. I think their offensive line is the best they've had in years. And their run game, I think it's the best since they've had since Jonathan Taylor. Whether And they, I think they made a couple coaching changes this offseason, so it should be interesting to see how they play later in the season. I believe they have to go to Ohio State this year, so that's going to give us a little test for Wisconsin to see how they do later in the season. Notre Dame and Ohio State. Um, this game, everybody was telling me Ohio State's going to crush them. It's going to be a slaughter. Notre Dame doesn't stand a chance. Uh, let's not forget Notre Dame is a top five team. They were ranked a top five team. Number two versus number five, if I'm correct on that. Ohio State, um, I'm going to be the one to say it. Hot take here. CJ Stroud is only good because of his wide receivers. And I believe that with most Ohio State quarterbacks, Justin Fields is one that comes to mind that he's a very stellar quarterback, um, but like his wide receivers really did help him there. Um, but let's see how he plays in the NFL. But another name that came to mind is um, Cardell Jones was one. Uh, a couple of years ago, he won the national championship with Ohio State. Um, JT Barrett's one that comes to mind. Braxton Miller was one to come to mind. But because they couldn't throw the ball very well, they trusted more in the receivers and they did their throwing ability. CJ Stroud, could he be the next one? Maybe. Do I think so? Personally, yes. I think Jackson Smith and Jigba helps him. Amika Egbuka, who was the, uh, the freshman five star from Washington. Um, Jackson Smith and Jigbo, of course, many people know that he went down in the first half and he will be out for a couple weeks because I believe he sprained his hamstring or something like that. Uh, nothing too serious, but something to keep an eye out for. Notre Dame, they were a very young team going into Columbus. They played very well. I think Notre Dame played very well. And I, in my opinion, I believe they still are a top five team. Um, Ohio State's defense... Uh, a lot of people thought there was going to be questions regarding them with the new coaching change and everything like that. Um, I think Ohio State's defense is stellar. They have JT Timelamile and the, the edge, Jack Sawyer. A lot of these young defensive end and linebackers for Ohio State. It's going to be very interesting to see, though, how Ohio State's offense. A lot of people were curious about their defense to start the preseason, but now let's start to focus more on their offense, how they are going to focus more in the later games. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they play. Um, regarding the the future of Ohio State's offensive line, because their offensive line looked not Ohio State caliber. Um, it looked weak. Uh, Notre Dame was getting pressure on Stroud. It felt like almost the whole game. Uh, I felt like they were rushing three guys, and they were still trying to get pressure on Ohio State's offensive line. And they sometimes they even got to Stroud with three people rushing. But that was a great game. Another game, and this was my game of the week, um, watching, per se, um, was Florida State LSU. That game was amazing. <laughs> Two coaches with a lot on the line. Um, um, Mike Norvell, I believe his name is, the head coach for Florida State, and then LSU's Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly, as you may know, is one of the most known coaches in entire college football and may go down as one of the best coaches in college football history. He, I don't think he has ever won a national championship, but he has made so many appearances to the playoffs, and he's made a couple appearances to the national championship in the BCS era. Florida State, this is their best team I think they've had for Mike Norvell in a very long time. I love Florida State's offensive system. I really do. I think it's amazing how they play with it. 
Um, their offensive line looked improved this year. Um, their defense looked stellar. Uh, Quandre Wilson for Florida State, he played stellar. I mean, everybody was on point for that game. LSU's a tough team. They're DBU for a reason. And they kept targeting and targeting and targeting these cornerbacks with deep balls. And they kept burning them. They kept beating them and beating them and beating them. Um, Mason Smith, one of LSU's best defensive players. who was a five-star and I believe the number one ranked player on Rivals.com in 2020. Um, went down from celebrating. He tore his ACL or MCL. I can't remember which. But he tore one of them from celebrating. <laughs> and he's out for the rest of the season. Uh, tough to him. I mean, that's a tough break for him. But you also got to keep a mindful of what you're doing and everything like that during celebrations because this isn't the first time it's happened to a player regarding the same situation but let's go into the game recap um <laughs> florida state took the lead for most of this game they started to pull away they gave lsu some chances um they started lsu got a couple chances took advantage of them final play of the game they threw a touchdown um and let's keep in mind earlier in the game florida state blocked the kick and that could have changed the game. It did change the game. So obviously blocking special teams and everything like that has been a struggle this offseason. And obviously it showed during the game for against Florida State. Went for the PAT on the final play of the game. After the touchdown, it was blocked. Crowd went nuts. Everybody went nuts. LSU fans were looked like they were crying in the stands. Don't blame them. I'd be pretty pissed too. But uh, Florida State, what a win for Mike Norvell. What a huge win against a great... Uh, Power 5 SEC opponent. Um, it's a great spark, I think, for momentum for Florida State in the future this season. I'm excited to see how they play on out for the ACC, but I have Florida State probably going with nine wins. I really do think this is going to be a year they're going to figure out things, they're going to get it going. And Because uh, this, this is Mike Norvell's best football team he's ever had at Florida State. Of course, he had very great success at Memphis a couple years ago before he left, but uh, let's see how he does this season with Florida State. And with that being said, I'm going to say the new AP poll for this week that was just released yesterday. Alabama's number one, not expected. I mean, expected, excuse me. Georgia, number one, or number two, excuse me. I think I could argue for both the spot. I think Georgia had a more dominant win. I believe Georgia should be ranked the number one team, but I don't know. Ohio State is three. They dropped a spot for being close with Notre Dame. Um, I feel like that's reasonable. That's good. Michigan went up four spots, and this is where I start to get a problem. I do not think Michigan is a top-four team. I do not. I think they are maybe a top-ten team, but I do not believe they are a top-four team. Like As if the season would end right now, they would be in the college football playoffs, and I do not agree with that any bit. They played Colorado State, but um, I don't do the eight people. Clemson went down a spot after being close with Georgia Tech. That's a good spot. Texas A&M staying in the same spot at six. Oklahoma Sooners went up two spots. Um, I'll agree with that for the time being. I think seven's a good spot for them. Notre Dame went down three spots. I think that's fair. Um, they lost a tough road game, but they have to drop somewhat, so they dropped to eight. Baylor went up one to nine. Te uh, USC went up four spots after a dominant win over Rice. Um, questionable on that one, but... Um, Actually, that's a fair spot. I'll give USC a fair spot on that one. Oklahoma State went up one. They're number 11. Florida Gators, they are ranked now number 12. 12. And they were unranked to start the season. And unranked when they played Utah. That is very, very... That is a huge jump. One of the biggest jumps, I think, in the AP poll history. Um, from going unranked all the way to 12. Um, let's see how that plans out, though. Uh, of course, Utah, they dropped six spots. That's fair. 
That was a tough road game, though. Uh, they have to drop somewhat. Michigan State went up one. Flo uh, Miami, Florida went up one. Arkansas went up three. Pittsburgh stayed the same at 17. NC State dropped five for being a almost a humiliating loss. Uh, East Carolina. Wisconsin dropped one. I was curious on why Wisconsin dropped. Um, they had a dominant win, a shutout win at home, but um, I'm curious to why they came up with that decision. Kentucky stays the same at 20. BYU jumps up four spots. Ole Miss drops one. Wake Forest drops one. Uh, Tennessee, they uh, stay the same at 24. And Houston drops one to 25. I think Houston should be dropped, jumped up to like 21. I really do because that was a dominant win against the biggest capacity they've ever had at UTSA. They had a dominant win game uh, season last year. Of course, they went. They had, I think they had 11 wins and only one loss. But uh, UTSA played tough. Houston played tough. I think Houston deserves to be ranked higher than 25. So with that being said, that will end the college football uh, debate. And I will talk about my plans for visiting the JCN Sports Tour. So I plan on visiting three big games this year. I'm not sure which I want to plan on visiting, but I will let you guys know as soon as I plan on a visitation for one. I really want to get to see Trinity this year. Uh, I saw them last year when they played Steel High. It was an amazing game. I did a whole report on that. That was a great game to watch. Steel High is a great football team. And uh, Trinity, they had a great chance of winning that game. Came up short. But uh, Trinity, they got a great team this year. I think they got a great team this year. I think their defense is going to be solid. Uh, I believe they are 1-1 one one as we speak. They go to play Wyo missing this Saturday. I was going to go to that game, but then I had to change my mind uh, because that is a um, weekend I cannot do because of uh, family complications. But I do plan on visiting when they go to play West Perry. I think that's going to be a very, very good game. Um, but if I can't make that, I'm definitely going to make a Trinity game this year. I want to try to make a game out um, towards Philly this year. That's what I plan on doing. And then I also want to try to get a game up north. But I haven't decided where and I haven't decided when. So I will keep you guys updated, though. And with that being said, that will conclude our episode today. A little bit of a longer episode than usual. But thank you guys for uh, listening to this podcast. And I ask that you guys take care and have a good day.